They fell in love from a podcast, so they started a podcast. It's your weekly sappy hour with goofy banter, meaningful conversations, and relationship advice from the male and female perspective. So let's catch up with the fries. Here are your favorite weirdos, Blair and Luke. So have you figured out what your coffee flavor is or no? Oh, hold on. <laughs> this is the 19th time you've asked 17th sip. Still, no. I mean, it's. I want to say that it has like a Christmas vibe because mm. I just know who you are as a person <laughs> and likely you're going to buy the like seasonal products from the local Walmart. Yeah. So it's probably some like peppermint cream <laughs> creamer. Mixed with... Um, mixed with like... Christmas tree pine. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee flavor. <laughs> I grabbed handmade pine, sprinkled in. No, it's actually French toast coffee with... Cinnamon toast crunch Thank creamer. You. Wow. Cinnamon toast crunch creamer. Okay. Just I a lot of toast crunch in there. I stand corrected. And I... French I, toast crunch. <gasps> what? That's what it's called. French toast crunch. Well, that's kind of what you ate for breakfast. Yeah, I had French toast cereal. Fresh, I had pasta. French toast crunch cereal. Fresh, oh, dang. That wasn't as cool of a name as I thought. You it tried, It's taken. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyways... <laughs> Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Ketchup. With the Fries. I'm Blair. And I'm Luke. And we got... Elena. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> She's alive. <laughs> Sorry, we don't, have sa- we don't have sound effects yet Sorry, on our podcast. Sorry, blown your eardrums out. <laughs> yeah, I don't have headphones, so I can't actually yeah. like uh, gauge how loud yeah, I am. I know. You're Me doing neither. great. It's all right. We'll figure it out. And I'm a out. loud person. Yeah, but it's okay. You but- sound great. It's just, you know... I do sound, I mean, duh. duh. <laughs> always. <laughs> always. So thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. Does this feel super weird that like you're on our podcast instead of vice versa? It feels lovely. Does it feel just like freeing? It feels freeing because <laughs> I can just sit here. <laughs> you're like, I don't have to think. I don't have to think. Okay. Wait, can I cuss on y'all's podcast? Um, I mean, we do what you got to do. not explicit, so... <laughs> Maybe so like oh, the, only the episodes that I'm on will have the big E yeah. next. Only <laughs> <laughs> the E. e. <laughs> um, I'll try to rein it in, but okay. Uh, I no promises, just due to who I am as a person. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, if it slips out, That's it fine. slips out. We'll bleep you. I was <laughs> gonna say. I know. I was gonna say. Please feel free to bleep me. No. I think it adds <laughs> no, a little something truth, to the dialogue. Girl. Thank you. So we like to start each episode out with a little segment called TGI Friday. So basically, it's just thanking God for something from this week that you're thankful for. Mm, way to put me on the spot. I know. I'm sorry. Mm. Should have like given you it's a It's fine. Up. I also did know that because I've been a part of like a few of your podcast <laughs> brainstorming sessions yeah. and like just chose to show up unprepared. Oh, also. Yeah. Can we just give a round of applause for that intro? Oh my God. Whoever did that crushed it. I know. Ooh, so good. It's my favorite girl. You it honestly so. does sound so professional. Yeah. Really natural. That's like radio like Elena coming for, out. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you're born for this. I should, I, I should get into like voiceover. Voiceover. Like mm-hmm. maybe like start my own podcast or something. It just sound good That's on true. a mic. Yeah. I think so too. Just That's a good idea. Maybe that should be a goal for 2021. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a, it should be like miscellaneous type stuff, right? Oh, that seems like it would fit really well with like kind of my generalized yeah. vibe I've already I, established. I think so too. Yeah, for good sure. Job, Luke. Gosh, I'm Genius. so proud of him. He's so great. He's so good at this kind of stuff. You it's, know? He's born for it. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, now that we've stalled a little bit, do you have a TGI Friday? Yeah, for sure. So my first just 
thing that comes to mind is I'm so grateful that Christmas music is over. I knew that was going <laughs> to be <laughs> yours. I'm so sorry. Which actually segues into mine, and it was Christmas. <laughs> that was my what I'm thankful for, Christmas. <laughs> Honestly, I, like, teared up a little bit on Christmas Day. It was I probably, like... I'm sorry if y'all heard that. Oh, it's Did fine. Did you hear it? I didn't. No, you're cool, good. Cool, cool, it cool. might have been, like, subtle, but I wasn't paying attention. Dope. Okay. Um, it was, like, 6 p.m. on Christmas Day, and I <laughs> literally looked at Luke, and I was like, I'm sad. And he's like, why? What's wrong? And I was like, well, Christmas is almost over. And then, like, then what? Like, it's just the holly jolly time of the year, and it's almost over. And if it made I, me so sad. If I had someone who was that concerned about my mental well-being the way that Luke is for you <laughs> to, to genuinely be worried when I say things in a dramatic way like I'm sad oh I wasn't being dramatic mm, yeah I know but like <laughs> I was genuinely but like it is dramatic. genuinely really sad <laughs> like your feelings are valid they're just also dramatic and I can say that because like that's how all of mine are <laughs> they're all valid they just are dramatic yeah um that would be what I would be thankful for is if there was, if, if I had that person, mm-hmm. that would be my thanks. But instead, you're thankful Christmas is over. Not Which, Christmas. Christmas music. I'm glad that I don't have to hear Mariah Carey tell me what she wants for Christmas <laughs> until <laughs> the latter part of October, the year 2021. So I've got... <laughs> That's funny. You think I'm done? Like <laughs> Christmas music goes to like... Springtime. <laughs> our uh, friendship yeah, I think just we kind of decided that we're going to keep our Christmas decorations up. This is funny. So Blair was like, I just wish there were like places that made Christmas decoration all year round. I was like, babe, that's called decorations. <laughs> <laughs> like it's literally like. It's, I said, I wish there was like Christmas decorations that weren't like Christmassy. And he's like, decorations. <laughs> So like, so like you do have the freedom of like stringing lights around your house and yeah, ca- that's and, what I said. Like it decor, maybe yeah, like tea exactly. lights or something. Because the Christmas tree, when I say Alexa, turn on the Christmas lights, it just like my mood goes. It's really cool. Oh, like it's just, it's just the oh, best. She feeling. heard she you. Did it. She just Aww. did it. Oh, thanks, girl. Here's my mood. She's so great. Um, let's just actually first before Luke says his, let's get into it. Why do you not like Christmas music? Um, I think the just off the jump, like mostly because it's not good. Um, it's silly. Yeah, totally. It is silly <laughs> that they have not made any good Christmas music. <laughs> <laughs> I find that to be like really absurd myself. If they had made Christmas music, like anyone had made some Christmas music that was like enjoyable, I think I would enjoy it. Okay, here's the thing. Okay, I'm gonna make you a playlist. Mm. I feel mm. like you're already too far down. Like mm-hmm. I need to get show you this playlist <laughs> around like November. When you when you've have a, had a break, yeah, so you can thoroughly enjoy it. it. Yeah, yeah, if I give her one song and it's like deck the, she's like, nope. Like you know, I think the I I think there's probably Christmas music I could enjoy for sure. Um, very casually. I think it really took a turn this year for me because I was in an environment where I heard the same twenty or so songs mm-hmm. on a repeat format. Yeah. And whether your like fully conscious brain is recognizing that Deck the Halls is playing or All I Want for Christmas is my two front teeth <laughs> 17 times a day, it still it still is actively happening in your brain. So it sounds like you kind of were given the cheesy 
annoying Christmas songs though. Yeah, because and that's why I make a Christmas playlist. She does make a banger playlist, and it's like original songs or remakes that are just like let's take this classic and make it better. So I'm more of a remix Christmas kind of girl. I'm I'm interested to see like what the world of like trap Christmas music could look like. Oh, (laughs) love trap! It's a playlist. Trap Christmas here. Oh, she's got oh, it she's ready to go. Yeah, I have it saved. So the thing is, I, I've never been in a situation where I've like worked in a retail environment where I had to hear the same playlist no. over and yeah. over again or the same songs over and over again. And that was my first year experiencing it because I started a store this year, meant for it to be online only, and then wound up with a brick and mortar with like a month <laughs> and a half into the whole adventure. And it. so I've been listening to the same songs over and over again all day, every day. And then I like leave my work and then go run other errands, maybe get my nails done, check out what's happening in aisle 17 at the Tom Thumb. And still haven't been there, but keep going. Tom Thumb? Yeah. Oh, you got to check it We just went to H-E-B sometime. for the first time like yeah, two days ago. Yeah, we had a date night at H-E-B. It was H-E-B. really romantic. It was really great. Okay, I feel like you're being sarcastic, but that is my dream date night. <laughs> no, I, I really... I love went, H-E-B so much. And I was so like, much. wow, what a fun date night. Like, And I was like, should I get this? And we were like, it's date night. Let's <laughs> splurge. Splurge <laughs> rate yourself. Get that like, dip, girl. We did. I got pimento cheese, a little turkey cranberry salad. Like Yum. instead of chicken salad, it was turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Dude, H-E-B slaps. It slaps hard. It slaps harder than any other grocery store you will ever enter. And they probably play trap Christmas music because H-E-B is the best. Here's the trap Christmas for, for your ears. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. <laughs> My body's doing stuff. Definitely makes you rock back and forth for sure. Yeah, head bob. So, anyways, good plug, good plug. Yeah, uh, into that, into it. Exactly. You so, just gotta find the the genre of Christmas that you're into. The but the the issue I still have with it is the control other people have in what they play that I'm forced to consume. Yeah, I get it. I get it for you this year. It makes sense, but. And Next I just like, wasn't feeling better. the holliest, jolliest I've ever felt. Um, so I mean, that's fair. It goes hand in hand. You know, if you're not feeling up to par what you're used to feeling and everything else is not going to be as good as it could be, you know? Yeah. Especially that you're used to. So yeah. next year, next year. Next year, We're gonna I get think it next year. Next year is going to be different for me. I'm going to I'm going to have a fresh mindset. Yeah, You're going to you have are. a Christmas tree that lights all the way all up. All the way up and maybe has more than one ornament on it. Wait, what? You had a Christmas tree? It, that didn't a fourth up? lit up. I literally walked in her house and I was like, "Well, no wonder I haven't you're been feeling over to your house in a while. No wonder Dang you're on. feeling not so holly jolly this year. Your Christmas tree is one fourth lit up. It just looks sad." Aww. So, around December, I don't know, 15th, I was like, "You know what? I'm going to I'm going to decorate. I'm going to give in to, you know, the worldly pressures of Christmas time shenanigans. Yeah. Also because McKenna made me. Mm-hmm. And um, we we found a Christmas tree in my garage and we plugged it in. It did its thing. You put the layers on, it, whatever Christmas trees do. Lit all the way up. I was like, dope. I do enjoy this. I do like a good, well-placed Christmas tree. Um, the next morning I walk into the living room feeling especially 
cheerful and noticed that the bottom half of my Christmas tree no longer lit. Mm. And I was like, that's fine. Half lit. I respect that. Honestly, I relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I turn it off like a responsible Christmas tree owner, leave my home, go listen to terrible Christmas music for eight hours and then return home, plug my Christmas tree in. Just the middle section lights up. So now we're missing the top and the bottom. And as I continued this journey of unplugging and plugging in my Christmas tree, we just lost more lights. <laughs> <laughs> so now she's rocking with just like one tiny, like maybe three inch section. That's so sad. It is sad. It's just like literally one after the other. I could see why. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Christmas. It was like the Grinch's heart just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Oh, and also my own heart. We're going to get you this a great is, tree next year. This conversation's year. depressing me, so let's bring it back that? to Luke's TGI Friday <laughs> yeah. and maybe get some happiness going. <laughs> Tell me why you're happy, Luke. What are you thankful for this week? Uh, for this week, definitely um, having a wife that is able to just bargain and be able to get a price beyond Oh, my below. gosh. My new car. That is for sure my TGI Friday, too. Yeah. How did I forget that? I don't know, but Blair just crushed it at the car dealership thank when you, we got her you. new car. That's why um, y'all are one. I'm not good at it. I got it down a little bit, and she's Dude. like, no, I want it more. Like, yeah. I want it less. Get, yeah, so. You literally <laughs> got it down, and the guy was like, all right, let me go see if my boss is feeling in the Christmas spirit today. And he left, and I was like, we're going to go for more. And then we did. And, and she we got, got it, it down. It was very impressive. Got like, what, 7000 off the MSRP and like 3000 less than the invoice. Heck so yeah. she did really good. I'm just so a great bargain I'm, shopper yeah, in general. That's true. I would say I'm like, like the worst oh, well, bargain I'll shopper teach you. I'll of, teach of you all thing. time. <laughs> because here, like, here's a prime example. You know, Christmas happens. We get, uh, I got Luke some nice new clothes, you know, some other things. And of course, on Christmas Day, he decides to say, you know, I need new underwear. I've had this for a while. And I'm like, really? You decide to say that on Christmas? Like, that's a, the prime stocking stuffer if I knew you needed more underwear. Totally. And so I was like, <laughs> he, he likes Adidas underwear. So I was like, okay, let's get you some Adidas. Add it all to my cart. I'm like, okay, there's got to be a promo code. There's always a promo I code. I see Blair, like, looking at her cart on Adidas and being like, I don't like it. No, nope. exactly. It's literally I, I, yeah. I won't accept. I'm like four ninety nine shipping. Happened. Absolutely not. I'm gonna call Blair Mr. Adidas himself. <laughs> Blair yeah. does not pay for shipping. <laughs> Christmas day, I'm gonna get Mr. Adidas on the phone and I'm gonna chat with the guy about this. It's, yeah. it's unacceptable. So, pay for my own shipping? No. Yeah. That's so craziness. I'm like, all right, let me do a little research. <laughs> so I find, oh, they're running a special. If you buy a fifty dollar gift card, you get it for forty dollars. So that's ten dollars off. Then I do a little, little, little more research. <laughs> it's not my best quality. If you join <laughs> their, if you join their free rewards program, free, you get free shipping at all times. And then they were doing ten percent off with a promo code. So what did I do? Bought a gift card first, so I got ten dollars <laughs> off. Oh, waffle just farted. <laughs> you did. <laughs> loud, buddy. So then I order my order my underwear. I get ten percent off, and then also the ten dollars free from my gift card. And then free shipping. So I saved $20, everyone. You did great. See, I'm the kind of person that values time over money, which I totally shouldn't because <laughs> I have a lot of time and like no money. <laughs> um, it's cool though. <laughs> I would I would see all of that and be like, hmm, okay, that's fine. <laughs> well, or I would be like, wait, spend $150 more and get free shipping? Fine. <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot, but... 
it'll only be at places like Old Navy. I'll just like add something to my cart that I know I don't like or like a size 12 shoe. I'm not a size 12. So, and then I'll just return it to the store, but I got free shipping. But then you had to drive to the store. But I do it when I'm already in the area. I just put it in my trunk, and then next time I'm in the area, it's like, oh, yeah. She has a process. It's genius. I'll give it to her. She saves all of us money. It's it's great. I am incapable of saving money. Incapable of it. I don't know how. I literally don't know how. Let her teach you the ways. It's possible. Yeah. All right. So we want to talk about Elena Davies. Who Mm. is Elena Davies, and where does she come from? That's my favorite topic. (laughs) We thought you might be excited about it. To do, we thought you'd be a great guest to have to discuss myself, Elena Davies. Yeah. (laughs) So you know, a lot of people know you from Big Brother. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how you started on social media. All that. Well, I guess you kind of had a following before, and I'm sure a lot of people know that you worked in radio before Big Brother. But we kind of want to just dive into that a little deeper. Like, how did you get started in radio? (laughs) Was that your dream? Did you know you wanted to do it? Just, like, start from the beginning. Um, Not the very beginning, but, like, you know. (laughs) She's like, well, I came out of my mother's womb. It was August 19th, 1990, (laughs) 2.01 a.m. Central Time, and there she was. A perfect baby. (laughs) Beautiful at the beginning. Not a lot of people can say that. My head wasn't misshapen. It was because I had a C-section situation happening, so <laughs> I didn't have to squeeze out of anything. Not a vaginal birth, but me and my mom are still really close. Um, <laughs> so uh, fast forward about, I don't know, 23 years, and my long-term boyfriend that I for sure thought I was going to marry and have babies with and like pay off a Toyota with mm-hmm. dumped me on a random Monday night, and I thought that was rude. Um, for sure. Hate that for you. Hated it for me too. And so I was really sad because it was my first breakup and I was fully convinced that I would a hundred percent not survive it. Like I was like, this is going to be the thing that like actually kills me. Yeah. We've all been there. I'm going to pass away from this. Mm -hmm. And, um, I noticed at the time I was working for my family's company and my mom, because she's worked there for 35 years could show up at 10 30 AM. I wasn't allowed. I was supposed to be there at eight. So when I showed up every morning around nine, I noticed <laughs> <laughs> math. <laughs> math. math yeah. uh, I noticed that some of the only times I was like laughing or smiling throughout the day was on my drive to work because I was listening to my favorite radio show, the Kid Craddock Morning Show, and. I, mornings were the hardest for me because Eugenia wasn't at work and that's really when like my depression likes to settle in. And so I started playing the show on my, on my computer, <laughs> laptop, LOL, <laughs> my Dell from 1989. <laughs> you, <laughs> have, you have, you have, you have email. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm glad that we painted a picture for the people at yeah. home. <laughs> um, because they would video the show call it kid TV. So I would watch them and I would just watch them on a loop. It was like a four hour show. There was about three and a half hours of live radio. And I would just watch it over and over and over again. The more I watched it, the more I'd interact with them on the internet, Twitter specifically. And they started to kind of notice me. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Kid Craddock himself, legend of radio. And if you don't know who Kid Craddock is, I'm sad for you because he's one of the most important people in my life and one of the most talented people I've ever experienced and I thought it was just that was my end-all be-all I was like I have made it kid Craddock followed me on Twitter he knows who I am and he's not the kind of guy that's out here following 3,000 people 
his his ratio mm-hmm. was fair. It was good. <laughs> You'd made it. I had made it. Yeah. Every once in a while, he'd even like DM me. And and then I got the attention of kind of like the rest of the cast. They knew who I was. Um, kid passed away really suddenly, um, not too terribly long after my like original interaction with them, like a f- like that same year. And I think a lot of it was them just being like, "How do we have this radio? Sh- how do we have the kid? Cr- how do we have Kid Craddock in the morning without Kid Craddock?" Yeah. And so Kelly Raspberry, the second most tenured person other than I'm not going to say. Say, uh, Kelly Raspberry sounds like a Cabbage Patch doll. <laughs> <laughs> like, He's like, how do I put this nicely? <laughs> okay, I can't. Let's just go for it. <laughs> Literally, Kelly Raspberry. Like, I'm Kelly Raspberry. And, and what's like, funny, too, is that like, people probably think that's like her radio name. That's, you know? her, that's, her, that's her name. That's her name. Oh, wow. <laughs> Kelly Raspberry. That's incredible. Good yeah, her, though. I, yeah, she's one of my, again, top favorite people of all the land. Super talented and amazing. I adore everything about her. Um, and she reached out to me and she gave me like my first opportunity to be on the radio just as a listener. And they did like a little bit where they called listeners. You'd probably get about five seconds of airtime if you're any good at all. And I was on that for like 45 seconds. And in, <laughs> wow. a, in a radio segment, that's a, that's a, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty that's long. a good amount of time. Absolutely. And then I just didn't leave him alone. I was like, so I'm, so like, I'm like, so this so like, is a series now. I'm on the show, right? I'm hired. Cool. Um, and that is literally what, what I did. I just forced myself in. And I think they were entertaining that idea themselves as well. And until it finally happened, until they literally finally hired me to be on the show, I would go out and record audio on my phone at concerts of just talking to people and like coming up with funny bits myself. And I would just send it into them. And then they hired me. And I was like, this is wild. It's funny looking back too, because I had people in my life that probably like loved me and supported me or whatever, but fully thought I was delusional. They're like, Elena. <laughs> you are not on the Kid Craddock show. You're not going to be on the Kid Craddock show. <laughs> like this is a scenario you've made up in your mind. And I appreciate like the expansiveness of your imagination. However, <laughs> it's not happening for you. And it happened for me. And um, how cool. Then I was like, now I've really made it. I've peaked. I can... It's all downhill from here. <laughs> and uh, I got a call, a, a, an Instagram DM after that about two, three years later, I'd been working at the show and I was just trying to like push my way in and it wasn't going like I wanted it to because life never does. And somebody asked if I wanted to cast for Big Brother. And I said, um, no, I spend no, quite not. a bit of my mornings um, hearing from reality TV stars about the tortures they go through, um, the way they submit themselves to your editing process, and you make them look like real dum-dums. So <laughs> I'm nervous about that. I know how easy it would be to vilify me, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm literally, like when people... Fast forward. <laughs> Fast forward. I was the villain on my Helena. season of Big Brother. <laughs> no, you weren't. Uh, I don't think you were. But um, it's just funny because your name was Helena. Helena. Yeah. yeah, they did. They did try a little bit to vilify me. I am an easy person to vilify. I get that, which was the the baseline of my nerves before entering the reality TV world. And then I said, mm, better do it because I'm going to get fired from this job <laughs> soon. <laughs> well, we do want to talk about Big Brother, obviously. But before we get more into that, like, do you think you would ever go back to radio or are you kind of done with that? Well, so, and to answer your other question, it kind of was always my dream. I've always lived like more of like a realistic mindset. Some people call it negative, 
but I just like to be prepared for all scenarios. And my plan A is never the way you think. Like, like who who would have thought that I would just get picked from Twitter to be on a top five nationally syndicated morning yeah. show on radio when I right. went to school with people who actually have a skill set and have spent, you know, three, four, five years working the night shift in a market 75 in Odessa, Texas. Like, But I feel like that kind of shows that people appreciate boldness. And realness too, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's so many people's story. It's not just like, oh yeah, I just like had a job interview and it went well. Like, I feel like a lot of times people's stories, it's like, I wanted this and I went for it and I didn't stop until I got, got it. it. Yeah, it's yeah. like the cl- classic quote is just like, if you want it, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's literally what you did. You said you literally just pushed your way. You were consistent, persistent. You were annoying with these, and yeah. that's what it takes mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> honestly, yeah super, super exactly annoying. exactly what it I mean, takes. I mean, if you want it and you have to find a way around it and do it and people see that and you're, and you're funny, you have a great character. People, yeah, Yeah. People and I love think that. What, what initially, I what helped is that my intentions weren't to be on the show and like be famous or get this job. It was just something that genuinely excited me so much Mm -hmm. to have that opportunity to talk to people that made my day. Like they, I attribute them getting me through one of the hardest times of my life. They made me laugh and smile every morning when I didn't want to and I couldn't. And that's always been what I feel like my purpose is. And radio just seemed like a cool way of doing it because I didn't for sure have to wear makeup or pants. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like the competition in that particular industry was a lot less because in TV, you have to be like skinny and funny and pretty. And that's thankfully changing a little bit. Um, but five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. Yeah. Right. And I wasn't skinny. I was real funny. Um, I was pretty for sure, but I just was like, I can't make it with all this extra competition. So if I just have to be the one thing funny, then sure, I'll go like really balls deep in the funny department and hopefully I'll have an opportunity to make people laugh and smile every day the way that other people have for me. And um, I think now looking back, it's really, really hard to wake up at 4 a.m. five days a week. Yeah, that would and be brutal. Yeah, it's super terrible. What um, were your hours? I would, I think, it kind of depends. Like, I would do some bits that I would have to be somewhere, like, full glam at, like, 3.30 in the morning. But my normal hours, I would get there, I think, around 5-ish. Not terrible. Like, other people for sure have worse jobs and worse hours. But as, like, a heavy drinker, it was difficult for me. <laughs> As somebody who partied just like multiple times a week, it was difficult to find that like work-life balance. Yeah. Um, so I would work from like five and I, my job was pretty much done at 930 in the morning most days. Oh, wow. Okay. So you um, just bang it out in the morning and then have the rest. Yeah. And, but I would still sit there until 11 because it felt like what I should do. <laughs> Sometimes 12 or 1 All if right. I was like making up for being late. <laughs> um, so, so like... It would be dope if I had, like, my own XM kind of show where I didn't have to be, like, family-friendly because I learned quickly I'm not what you call a family-friendly. Um, <laughs> You're doing great so far. Thank yeah. you. Um, so, yeah, it, it would be cool if I had that opportunity, but I love my podcast. I was about to say, that's kind of what a podcast is. You're able to be yourself and mm-hmm. put out what you want to put out in the world. Exactly. And, and I have a really cool, like, full-circle moment because the Kid Craddock Morning Show is um, independently owned, so it's not uh, owned by iHeart mm-hmm. or like one of those big media conglomerates. 
And so they actually own their own podcast network now too. And they are the ones who host and um, produce me. Oh, for real? Yeah. So I get to work still with all of my favorite people from... Kid Credit. Cool. And That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's actually, it's really neat for me. And I, I love my podcast. I love that I, it's like my rules. I can do whatever the F I want. <laughs> and bleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and we don't bleep me over there. It's just cool. <laughs> it's cool, fun times. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so do we want to get into Big Brother? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, you're the reason why we started watching Big Brother. I know, and now year. we're obsessed. And now yeah. all we do is watch Big Brother. But tell us your story about Big Brother, because yes, you went from the radio. How did it all transpire? Yeah, so um, like I said, I was kind of, I was already feeling like my time at Kid Craddock was coming to an end. And I think they were feeling that way as well. <laughs> and so I noticed that DM and it caught my eye. But I also, because I'm negative or like realistic, I was like, who the F do I think I am? Can I get cast for a TV, like one of the biggest reality TV shows? Like, okay. <laughs> did you watch Big Brother prior to being on it? Uh-huh. I okay. did. Um, I thought I was like a fairly decent Big Brother fan, like I definitely hadn't seen all seasons. I think I started watching around season 16 because I was coaching volleyball at the time. And (laughs) I don't know that I've ever told this out loud, which is weird because I talk about Big Brother a lot. (laughs) Um, My volleyball girls were comparing me to Nicole Franzel. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? And I think possibly why I've never said that out loud is because I didn't want to, and you, you get just why. didn't want to yeah. like admit admit it that yeah. people compared and you to her. This was shortly after me and my uh, first boyfriend had broken up, and my volleyball girls knew about him too. And he's black. I'm white and blonde. I wore uh, these tortoise shell glasses around that time, and there was a. I don't think that they look similar at all, but I believe somebody that got evicted within like the first week of Big Brother season 16, they were like, oh my God, that's like, looks exactly like your ex-boyfriend and you look exactly like Nicole. (laughs) And so they're 14 and think that this big discovery they made is Big. Yeah. (laughs) Wild. Yeah. So I was like, what are they talking about? Like, who's this girl? So I kind of started watching it and I was like, this isn't terrible. What but, were your thoughts on Nicole at the time? Um, I actually liked her. Okay. Um, at the time. And I never enjoyed watching Big Brother in real time because I'm not a patient person. Yeah. So after I was introduced to the show, I would just kind of go back and watch full seasons when I was like needing something to binge. Mm-hmm. And I would actually put it on in, at Kid Craddock. Um after I was done working for the day, I would just put my headphones on and like have it going in the background when I did my other random work. Um, I, I soon found out at, well, not soon after I got off big brother, I realized I was not a fan at all. I did not know what I was doing. I didn't really understand the concept of live feeds, um, <laughs> which is hilarious. Cause I was like, Oh, live feeds aren't real. It's probably just like these stupid, like iPhone four quality cameras, like really grainy, just like black and white. Why did I not realize that they would probably use the same like HD $20,000 camera equipment that they're using for the actual produced national network television show that they, yeah, that didn't register to your girl, (laughs) (laughs) which is why there are some embarrassing things of me on the internet. Um, (laughs) 
but I, yeah, I was in for a real treat and I, I just decided to go for it because I thought I'm open to the things that the Lord has for me. So I'm just going to see what happens. If it's meant for me, it won't miss me. And if it's not meant for me, it will miss me. Mm-hmm. And my mom had a lot of anxiety about it too, but I just was like, yo, I'm not going to get it if God doesn't want me to do it, yeah. you know? So she was like, yeah, you're right. And we, it was casting for Big Brother is about as stressful as Big Brother, yeah. the game. What's Yeah, what's the casting process like? Uh, for me, it was a little different because like I said, I was quote a recruit. So I got on the, I got on a phone call with like a casting, like an assistant casting producer just to make sure that I guess I had personality behind there. Like, oh, you kind of look like Marilyn Monroe from Instagram. <laughs> and I, I believe that's probably why <laughs> they were originally interested in me. And so they just asked me some on the spot questions. I remember I'd just gotten a massage and I pulled over and was on the phone with this guy. His name was Ryan for 20 minutes. And I told him about how my dad brought my, uh, my longhorn into my dorm in college. And I think a funny anecdotal story about how large my breasts were <laughs> and some, accident. they're like, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Big boobs do well on our show. Say less. <laughs> so I showed up, i Got a spray tan, put a hat on, walked into a hotel room where I met Alex Stern, who's now one of my close friends. And she sat me down in front of a camera and asked me questions about my life. And um, just, I don't even remember. We talked about my ex-boyfriend a lot. And uh, then she called me later and she was like, hey, you made semifinals. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. And she was like, are you not excited? And I was like, I honestly don't know what that means. <laughs> like semifinals could mean I'm still up against like 150,000 people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to like manage my expectation level right now. What does semifinals mean? I still am not sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's maybe uh, like a hundred people okay. kind of a thing. And then I got notified that I was top 50. And then I got notified that I was going to have to fly to LA for finals. And finals is you have to be available for seven days and you can't tell anyone where you're going. That's really difficult when you do have a job. So I had to lie to my job and my entire travel. I think, I think honestly I got cast for big brother because my original uh, first boyfriend dumped me and started dating my best friend. They loved that. And then also (laughs) the fact that me traveling to LA for finals was such an absurd adventure that when I actually sat down with the executive producers and they asked me uh, just a, a question, which by the way, anytime you ask me a question, I have a nine minute story to follow it up. And they also love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I told them about the fact that my flight got delayed 10 hours after I already made it to the airport. So I had to go back to my apartment, change and get ready for a party, an event that I had for work that night that I was going to have to miss because of my original flight time. And then I, packed up all my stuff, took it to the event and like hid it somewhere, like a giant suitcase, took an Uber, got, made sure I was like photographed there, put videos up on Instagram, left from there, went back to the airport in like a tiny um, little red romper, <laughs> made, it, oh my Lord. made it to LA in the middle of the night. But because all of my travel plans had been like changed, like mm-hmm. the driver picking me up, like my handler, all of that had to change too because I wasn't there for my driver. Well, the uh, casting team forgot to like reschedule me a handler and a driver and like tell me where I was supposed to go. So you just show up in LA and nobody's there. Yeah. And it's like at this point in time, like four in the morning. 
and I have all this stuff. I've been on this flight. Now I eat. They're so, they only give you information as needed, right? So I have like one person's phone number and I get there and they're like, I finally get in touch with somebody that can tell me at least what hotel I'm supposed to go to. Do I have a ride? No, I have to sit in <laughs> LA at 4 a.m., which is, by the way, it does get cold there um, in the nighttime. Yeah. yeah. And wait for a shuttle. So I get on the shuttle. Absolutely not. And um, lady's cool. She's got some cool hair. It's like mul- multiple colors. And I was like, dope hair lady. And she's like, thanks. And then I sit down and we pick up somebody else. And he's clearly just finished his shift at the uh, airport as a, like a cook for somewhere. So he's got his like apron on that's greasy. And um, I quickly realized too that he's just like really very drunk. Just really very drunk. So we're just in the shuttle, just him and I. He's kind of like doing the like head hang low, like eyes rolling around. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) I don't feel safe. And he then projectile vomits all over me. Over you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And um, no one. Wow. The the shuttle at this point in time is taking just like a few different turns to get yeah. to the hotel. <laughs> so now the vomit is just going back and forth in the shuttle, <gasps> running up and down. And we're, again, in L.A., not a whole lot of like side roads homegirl can pull over. So she's like, I'm really sorry, but like I can't, like I just have to keep driving right now. So I'm sitting there covered in another human's vomit. Thank God this was before the COVID-19. And it's just getting over my shoes, on my luggage, all of this. I finally make it there. And because the hotel room is not in my name, because the casting team booked it, can't get in the room. They don't know who I am. (laughs) They're like, sorry, lady. (laughs) So I sit covered in vomit. In the lobby. Yeah, this for sure got you on the show. Just waiting. If you could see Mean Blair's faces right now, our jaws are like wide over. We're just like. I'm like, I literally sat down with the EPs and I was like, yo, I don't know if I deserve to be on the show more than anyone just based on what I've been through the past 24 hours or so. Or if this is like the Lord's way of like actively getting involved. And being being like, like, no, "No." go home. (laughs) Like, uh, this isn't meant for you. And so we chatted about that. Um, I complained to them about the fact that the snacks they had for us was bullshit. While they're sitting there with an entire charcuterie board, cheese tray, Gouda that cost more than probably my stipend weekly (laughs) for being on the show. And they thought that was great too. And I just stood up in the middle of my interview and made myself a plate of their their food. That's what's up. And that's how you got on the show. That's (laughs) how I got on the show. That's a boss move. (laughs) I was like, I can't believe you guys are feeding me stale Cheetos. Y'all are up here having like, the Lord's kind of quality cheese. Yeah, the last supper. I'm not okay with it. It feels Jeez. it feels unfair. It feels a whole lot like I'm the talent and you need me more than you. Wow. That's- so that's pretty much what got you like so that was it. They're like, well, you didn't actually know because they do the key thing, right? Like, yeah, they like to torture you. They don't okay. they they want you to believe that like you've got no shot. <laughs> it really gets in your brain. But um I, I did experience a lot of stress because I was like, okay, well, I'm like about to quit my job for sure. And like, it would be really awkward if I don't get this mm-hmm. gig. Um, turns out I found out like a year later that I was actually the first person that all of the EPs said like hard. Yes, we love her. She's in. Um, I disappointed them pretty quickly after that, but it feels good to know that they were all <laughs> on board from the jump. They were At like one point. They really liked, they Lena. loved me. Yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> 
first person cast for my season, rock and roll, baby. That's a huge compliment. Um, but yeah, that that was finals are difficult. You you leave, you get sent home throughout finals. So you, I made it through all of finals and still didn't know if I was going to be on the show. There are long hard days. They literally tell you in finals like the game has started. Like I was with people that were from my season during my casting process, but we we're not allowed to speak. Um, we're very much under strict rules from handlers, and uh, they're like the games begin. You've you're you're seeing your competition, so you're in charge of like what vibes you're putting off. It's as simple as like they're like, don't bring a nice purse because people will use that against you in the game. They'll be like, I saw you with the Louis Vuitton at finals in LA. That's I need so the money more than you. Jeez. So I have a few like behind the scenes questions. Well, first off, kind of going off of this, what do they tell you? Because you know you always see the the opening moments where the cast gets their key. Mm-hmm. What do they? What do you think they're filming to where you don't actually know if you're getting the key or not? Um, or do you know like, oh, the production team is here. I'm getting a key. I think it just depends on how dense you are as an individual. So for me, I was like, yeah, you're not sending a film crew to Dallas, Texas if I'm not on your show. Yeah, that's my thought. That seems like a waste of your resources. But everyone always seems so like, oh my God, like freaking out. So I'm like, is it fake or... Do people really just not actually know they're getting a key? It is, I say with full confidence, both. It's both things. So they really instill it in your head that like no no matter what, you're not on Big Brother until you are in the Big Brother house. Inside with the door shut, anything could happen. Mm -hmm. And they make it very clear. Like I am so replaceable. And I know that. Like there is definitely another quirky, funny, big boobed blonde girl from a metropolitan Texas city that would love to take my place, you know? So it's just a matter of living with fear that you're going through all of this and you want something so bad and you know that even though you're this close, it still might not happen for you. Mm -hmm. And so I knew when they were sending a film crew that I was filming my at-home package, but the way that they deliver it to you is like, okay, we're sending this crew out. This is like the final part of your casting. We want to get this footage, see how it looks, see how you look on camera, see what we can make of it. And um, so like really knock it out of the park, like do a good job, et cetera, et cetera. And hopefully this is it and you'll be on the show. And I'm like, sure, sure, sure. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Where's my key? (laughs) Where's my key? But at the same time, I, I have to plan out this day of filming. Like they want your at-home package to like re- like represent you. So they're like, what are the things you do? Like, mm-hmm. can we get a shot of you in this type of location? You really think you're going to film all this stuff all day long. And at the very end of the day, if it goes well, wink, 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 you'll get your key. And once you get your key, then it's really official. Do they do it at the beginning? At the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're at my house and we film probably like an hour's worth of just b-roll and interview questions like whatever and then they set up this shot they tell me like okay we want to get this shot of you and your mom on the couch and have your dog run in because you know you have a dog and that's when they did the whole key reveal thing so I wasn't expecting it so it's a little surprising because you think it's coming later yeah and you are still genuinely excited because you know that You're going to be on Big Brother. Yeah. Like, this is kind of your official moment where, like, they've been teasing you with the idea that you might be on the show for, like, months. Mm -hmm. And then finally, like, seeing that key, it's, like, actually more official. Yeah. So I was genuinely excited. 
getting my key because I thought I'm not going to see this key for seven hours. Yeah. What were you feeling in that moment? Like, was it kind of like, did you, did you expect your life to kind of change after being on Big Brother? Because when, what year were you on? 2017. So was social media kind of already what it is now? Like now, if you go on The Bachelor, it's like, okay, I'm going to be an influencer when I come off the show. Like, did you kind of go into it thinking that or was it just like a fun experience? Um, a little bit of both because I was, so I was already like intentional in wanting to be in the entertainment world mm-hmm. and mostly in radio. And I knew that Kid Credit at the time wasn't a good fit for me. So I saw this as just a way to segue my life, maybe get some exposure in, in, in the big brother way. Sure. But with the intention of like maybe another radio show will be like, Hey, that girl's really funny. Like we'd love to have her work for Like yeah. I thought that I would just get another radio show job. Well, and it's like a great resume. Like, yeah, I was on big brother. Like they, that, that in itself shows like, Oh, this person has personality. Yeah. Um, and I knew I would get like some fo- like followers or whatever. I just didn't, I definitely didn't have the expectation that it would shift my life in the way it did. Um, the, the Mark thing for sure. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I wasn't expecting to be like this full-time influencer, like my life to change quite like that. Like I wasn't expecting to get evicted and see AJ from the Backstreet Boys like staring me back in the eyeballs. I didn't realize that Big Brother was as big of a show yeah. as it is. I don't think I realized it until we started watching Big Brother. And then it's like, I'll post something on my Instagram and so many people are like, oh yes, go watch this season. And I'm like, oh wow. I, like I didn't realize Big Brother was as big as it is too. Yeah, it gets a about as many views per episode as The Bachelor. Yeah. Really? Um, I mean, every season hits different, right? But I think like the, if at least back in the day, like the average for uh, Big Brother's episodes are like six to 10 million views. And Dang. I think that the average for Bachelor is like eight to 10 million. So I didn't know that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at all. <laughs> I was like, you're getting all the views there. So <laughs> it's like a small community of people that really love this yeah. show. <laughs> Psych. Yeah. And watch my every move. Yeah. yeah. So uh, unfortunately, you didn't get the 500K, sadly. So mm. you were sent to the jury house. Yeah, I was. Tell us a little bit about what is life like in the jury house. So they don't really show that. Yeah. It's kind of like you get a clip on this third week before the finale. Type I of wish, thing, you yeah, know? like I wish there was live feeds in the jury house. You and everyone else. Because you want to know all the tea that happens after the fact. Right. And I would go out on a limb to say that jury house drama is better than in the house drama. Sometimes. Oh, I like it. A lot of the time. Yeah. Um, jury house is a huge bummer. I would, hmm. obviously you'd rather be in the big brother house because that means really? you're still well, in the running yeah. for $500,000. Mm-hmm. So the, the huge bummer of jury is the fact that you're still isolated, locked in, but you have no hope anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? Dang. But do you get like, because I know it's like a beautiful house. There's mm. a pool. Is it? Well, it's, it appears it, to it be. It appears that's to be, I'm, doesn't so it? So that's what I'm asking. Like, do you actually get like good food at the jury house? Like, do you kind of, does your lifestyle increase a little bit from the Big Brother house? Lifestyle increases. So the way the jury house works is we have jury house managers. There's always two on at every time. And in the world of show business, they work five to five. So, um, you know, Blair, Mm -hmm. 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then when 5 p.m. hits, you get another person. They're going to work till 5 a.m. So you actually see them in person though. Yeah. Because in the Big Brother house, you don't see producers, correct? Nobody. Okay. But in the 
jury house, you're with people. You're with your other fellow jury house guests and you're with your two jury house managers. Okay. Um, and then also in the entertainment world, there's week end people and there's weekday people. So from five to five during the day on the weekend, there was somebody different than during the week. So we had some really dope jury house managers that I actually still keep in touch with, like regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, some not so dope. Less dope for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your lifestyle does increase. So you have a house that they do make seem like really, really cool. And normally it's just some rich person's house mm-hmm. that's like lives in like Tarzana, like if that's even a city. Tarzana. And it's like... Ours was like half done. Like it looked really cool, but like they were like working on a hot tub and like a grill outside and then like just didn't finish the project. Oh and it's like somebody's vacation home or they're, they're living somewhere, somewhere else for the summer. Right. Did you know that that's actually the bachelor mansion is somebody's home and the bachelor rents. It's not owned by the bachelor. It's somebody else's home and they rent, rent it, it and they paint all the walls, get all new furniture. And then when they're done with the season, they take it all out and put it back to the exact way it is. Wow. Like that seems so silly. Silly. Buy a house. Buy one. Like <laughs> Save some money. Yeah. So for the Even bachelor, really need it, but. It, it makes sense for them to buy a house. Yeah, for sure. Um, Jury for, house, I get it's only once a year. It, it's only once a year. And also they change it every year with intention because they can't let anyone know where you're at. Even us, like I didn't know what part of California I was oh, in. Oh yeah, that's like, true. I, I get can... in the back of a limo town car with a handler and they put a blindfold on me and they drive me somewhere and I sit in silence until I get <laughs> I there. sit in silence. And then I'm just somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like the hills of California. So I can't even see our neighbors. Actually, we could see our neighbors and our neighbors during the jury house, our neighbors were like a halfway house. It was like, it was like a... Oh, super, super rich person. I love how you started like whispering yeah. kind of because it's, like it's a secret. Like they're hanging yeah, because I don't know that I've really talked about this. So I obviously don't know for sure anything, but it was definitely some some kind of a halfway house situation. And I'm, I'm imagining in my head that it's like the, the rich and elite of mm-hmm. California paying an absurd amount to have like their kid or cousin or nephew like low key in some kind of rehabilitation environment. And they would get, like, pizza delivered and, like, people would come outside and they would, like, smoke in little groups. Um, And that was the things that brought me entertainment throughout the day is just, like, staring at their, like, what are you doing now? (laughs) So what do you, what's the typical day in jury house look like? Are you literally just hanging out? Uh Uh-huh. So you have no, you still have no phone, Mm -hmm. no internet, no, like, common modern day luxuries. So no TV, you can't watch current events. No current events. Yeah. So the guys really struggled with football because they're <laughs> like, I know the Cowboys are playing right. who won. And like the jury house managers know everything. Yeah. They have phones in their hands. And in the big brother house, it's not tempting because nobody has a phone. Yeah. So you don't feel like you're missing out. But when like the jury house manager like giggles at something and I'm like, what is it? <laughs> Did you find one of my gifts? <laughs> one time that actually was what they were laughing about um but we can watch like uh net like netflix Mm, i don't know that it was netflix was it netflix we could watch i know i watched all of dexter from start to finish and we had no it was only dvds that's what it was so they had series of shows and movies and we could watch them well that's good at least you have some sort of entertainment. entertainment and then there was a pool so we would use that and um 
we had more luxuries with like the food. So they would actually go to the grocery store and buy us food and we could like request certain things, yeah. even certain brands of things like 98% lean turkey or like this type of ice cream. And sometimes they would even pick up food for us. So we would eat California Pizza Kitchen. Pretty often. Pretty often. And some other like local stuff. And we would film on Fridays, I think. Fridays okay. were the days we would film. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And we played games. We played a lot of games. So I played phase 10 every night. Like three or four or five rounds of phase 10. <laughs> Me, Cody, Mark, See, and that seems, handlers. That seems, obviously you still want to be in the Big Brother house because you have a chance of winning. But it feels like you probably are just like stress free. Even though there's probably still people you don't like. So it's like, oh, I'm like... On a vacation yeah. with people I don't like. It's that. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, that reminds me of the beach, like playing games every night. But then I'm like, oh, but these aren't like your friends. These are just random people. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like I had to spend my birthday like alone in the jury house. Oh, and yeah. I didn't even know like the way that it wiggled out for me was I like, got evicted on a Thursday night, spent Friday doing press and interviews and filming made it to the jury house, filmed some more, and then went to bed and woke up on Saturday morning for my birthday. And the new Saturday morning um, handler was there and I had never seen this person in my life. And I walked out and I was like, hey. And they're like, hey. And I was like, okay, well, happy birthday to me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's my birthday. They're like, cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a bummer. But it, when it was Cody and Mark and me, we were having a baller time. It was just a bummer when like, like other people showed up. What, like Matt and what's their name? Raven was difficult to, but you know. Yeah, that's okay. But it's fine. And then they they didn't give us very much alcohol. There Mm -hmm. was a lot of alcohol restraints. And I'm like, this is the only thing I'm interested in right now. Right. (laughs) All right, wrapping up Big Brother, what would you say your biggest takeaway was from being on the show? Um... My biggest takeaway, I think, is that, like, authenticity is the most important thing in life. So I walked into that show not in the best stage in my life, but I do think that doing Big Brother, like, was imperative to get me out of a really bad time in my life. Um, And I felt like I was supposed to be or do a certain type of thing or that I needed to, like, diminish who I was in order to be successful on the show. And looking back, I'm just disappointed in that for myself because I think that no matter when, no matter if people 100% agree with you or not, I think people will at least respect authenticity. And I wasn't 100% authentic. There were things that really bothered me about my season, like public bullying and shaming, like stuff that I would have 100% said something about in Mm -hmm. real life. But when you are tempted by $500,000, some of your like, moral high ground starts to become like moral low ground. Yeah. And you're like, I can step away from this and be okay with it because maybe I'm going to win half a million dollars. But I wish I would have just called people out when they deserve to be called out and just been myself the entire time. I think I would have gone further Mm -hmm. in the show. Um, And I think I would have translated better to people. Um. So I, but, but I think that's been a cool lesson for me to like be able to reflect back on and be like, why, why do I feel that way? Why did I not like my time there? And realize that with the platform I have now and the podcast I have now and the opportunities that may come, I'm just going to walk into all of that with 
transparency and like authenticity. And if you don't like it, bummer, not everybody has good taste. And um, if you don't like it, but you respect me, then like, cool, thank you Mm -hmm. for having an open mind and like some kind of sanity attached to your brain and know that that's the best way to be successful. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I was about to say absolutely. Absolutely. Noggin. Noggin. Um, But I guess just to wrap it up here to um, being on the outside, looking in on the TV, just watching how it all plays out. um, People always say the personal game, the game game, trying to separate those two. My mentality going into it, I think there is a separation between game and personality. Prime example of that, I think, is Dan when he came back for as a coach and literally did everything the worst anyone could do in a real life, but on the outside, I feel like it's totally different. What's your mindset on being a personal game versus game? Can you separate those two? Can you, how do you go about that? If that makes sense. Yeah, no. (laughs) Sorry. That was kind of like a long question. Well, I feel like, well, I I know how I feel about it. I'm curious what you were going to say though, Blair. No, I was just going to say, I think when you go in the big brother house, I think you do put personal morals and everything aside like Dan did, but kind of how you were saying you can separate the two. I don't think you can because like in this most recent season, all stars, there were so many times where people were like, I came to you and confided in you as a personal level, not a game level, but it's like, but this is all a game. Like you can't, you can't be like, I told you that secret as a friend, not as a gamer. And that's, but what, it's I was, like, uh, that's what I was asking. I was like, can you do that? Yeah, can you separate them? But I don't. So I I think hmm, it's such a loaded question right. and answer. So I personally think that you cannot separate personal and game because um, after a hundred days in that environment, it starts to blur in your mind. And it's hard to explain with words at all what the experience of Big Brother is really like, which is why I think that I have such important relationships from that ex- from that show because mm-hmm. no one will ever get what it is like, mm-hmm. what it feels like, right. like the entire experience. And it's just so long. It becomes your life. Like that becomes your house. We're so adaptable as people that like when – once you're exposed to something for an extended period of time, like that is your reality. So the game became my personal reality. And yeah, you stop gaming and you start talking about, you know, your personal relationship with God or Mm -hmm. the, the hangnail that you're struggling with because you haven't had a manicure in six weeks or whatever else. But it just, it blurs. I feel like it all just is one. It's not like, let me tell you about this, but don't use it against me in the game. Like they're going to, because I just feel like it's an all-in-one kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I remember winning a comp, getting $5,000, and then having the girl who I beat out in the comp, who, by the way, the only reason I played the comp is because she put me on the block, so it was a veto comp. Like, if you didn't want me to play and beat you in the veto comp, didn't put me on the block in the first place, so that's (laughs) your bad, and I'm going to for sure take the money and be safe. Absolutely. Um, Telling me that I didn't deserve to win the comp because I drove a certain type of vehicle back at home. I correct. And that was that was part of her reasoning and dialogue. And I'm like, you know what kind of car I drive because we sit in here and just talk about literally anything because you yeah. run out of stuff to talk That's about. That's such a superficial and thing, though. It's such a superficial thing. And I'm like, 
a lot of people could sit around and say like Paul deserved to win because he played the best game. But then there's all these people that are going to say Paul didn't deserve to win because he had already made money from the show and he's well off. That has nothing to do with what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're playing a game. If I won the game, then I deserved the win. Absolutely. And I won that comp. So I won $5,000. So I deserved it. And if you don't like that because I have an Audi back at home that I overpay for because it's my dream car and I wanted to experience it for a few years before I popped out babies, then like... I'm sorry. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's it. Like, what you just said. You wanted to experience a car, so you went for it and you got it. But don't use that, say, because you won something. That's just, just a, a poor, sore loser type of aspect and mindset. And Jason from well, my I'm season. I'm sorry. I just get, that's no, the I stuff mean, that I, frustrates I, me. I know. I'm saying. laughing at when you like start talking about something you're passionate about, you like don't breathe and your voice gets really like, it just starts getting <laughs> shaky towards the end. Like it, he's like, I'm serious about this. I'm not even pausing for a breath. No, exactly. No time for that. Sorry. There was an anecdote that Jason Whistlenut from my season used to use all the time. And he would explain it. He talked about it all the time, like during round table and like in filming. And I don't know if it ever made the show or not, but it's like this story about him as a kid and I'm going to butcher it. And it's probably not going to make any sense, but he was like, my, my grandfather told me, I'll give you $100 if you can drive this truck down this back dirt road. You don't know how to drive. Like, if you can do it, I'm going to give you $100. Like, it was a game, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. a real life thing. It was just like a, let's play this little game. And he was like, but I was still an 11-year-old driving a car. That was still my reality. I was still doing it. It mm-hmm. was. It still could have personally affected me in a, a million different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So my personal self is playing this really intense game where my personal feelings are going to be involved no matter how much my rational mind can say, hey, this is a game move that he's taking a shot at you. But the other, I don't know, 12 hours in the day where I'm awake and not talking game, I'm developing a really intense personal relationship Mm -hmm. with someone. I'm on like the fast track of friendship with some of these people where you spend literally all day every day like I was watching people poop on accident within the first week, you oh, know? Yeah. And so you just create these relationships with people that the, the bond is like unmatched and then they go out of their way to like ruin your life. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. It's just really definitely easier said than done. I totally. get that. I totally get that, but I definitely get, get wrapped up in during, like during seasons and episodes we're watching. I'm like, oh. And if everybody could have like the same logical mindset wrapped around it and just be like, look, I'm not going to make personal shots. Like I'm going to look at everything strategically and whatever. Then it's like, sure, the game would look a lot different. But I think that's the fun of the experiment. That's not, that's not TV though. That, yeah. It's, <laughs> they want the drama. That's why they right. strip us our luxuries. That's why they create situations that are going to cause cast people that are opposite of you. Yeah. They yes. ask you with so much intention, like what's your biggest pet peeve? And I explain to them what it is. And, and then, then they find that person. They find that person. <laughs> and they lock me in a house with them for 110 days. And so, yeah, it, it's 100% personal. But it's I, it, it's also really cool, though, too, because some of these people that I hated so much in the house, I'm like BFFs, BFFs with. with. Right. Yeah. 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 So eventually it all kind of fades away and you're okay with it. But it is a really, it's a really intense set of oh, really? loaded roller coaster emotions i could only imagine for a long time <laughs> well the beast is awoken good morning waffle, waffle. you want to close this out 
Gosh, he has such wise words Thank for a young you. guy. I know. Aww. He he really is an old soul. He, he is. is. He would probably crush the Big Brother game. Oh, yeah. Everyone love him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lena. And I'm sure you will be on many, many episodes. I'm going to be on every episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Catch up with the friends. I love you guys. Thanks for having yeah, me. Love absolutely. Love you. Love you.